chosen to tune in to DLC, especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks, using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run, maybe you're lifting, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're just doing chores, maybe you're walking the dog, whatever the case, we're happy to be with you, thanks for bringing us along, and we're going to be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness, because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsors this week, HelloFresh and Squarespace. Squarespace! They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada. that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend... Slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who watched those fireworks explode in the air, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. I, I didn't, though. What? How no, dare you? How dare you we, are an, not an American? We did. Ha- we did. I, I'm wearing my homemade. We did family tie-dye for the 4th what? of July, though. Yeah. Yeah, some family. These are bombs bursting of ink on a white Gap T-shirt. But there was a family on our street that like was setting off like those aren't home fireworks, but like it felt like neighbors came out and we were all kind of watching and we were like, "Yay, don't do that again." <laughs> you know, I didn't see any fireworks either. We were uh, we were in the air. We were in a plane. Our flight got canceled. We were supposed to be home in time for uh, for fireworks. Nope, whole family on the plane. <laughs> The middle of the night, it was a nightmare scenario. But hey, I'm back. We're recording the show a little bit earlier, or excuse me, if, later. I should say later Jeff than normal. Saying like red rum or something like podcasting something something makes Jeff go happy. Like I gotta, I'm looking for the signs on this episode, Jeff. This is oh, the I'm, one. I'm here. This is my salvation. This is my happy place. Everything <laughs> else is uh, is crumbling around me. But the good news is. Uh, we have an awesome show. Like I said, recording a little bit later, so you may be getting this in your RSS feed slightly later, but hope you bear with us. The holiday week here in the United States. We have someone not in the United States, which is a really cool opportunity for us to get a one of my favorite guests, someone we do not have on this show enough. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian, but once again this week, DLC stands for dorsal land correspondent because dorsal is a fin <laughs> and he's coming to us live from finland our friend you know him from pixels the video game podcast and so many other wonderful things patrick beja is back with us hey patrick thank you so much for having me you know i'm i'm it it, it makes everything perfect to be on dlc the only problem is that i'm not gonna have a dlc to listen to tomorrow guys mm. that's that's a, an issue but uh aside from that you know every time you every week you get a different uh, guest and every time they seem so happy to be on the show and i feel it because i'm always happy to be on the show it's so fun oh, and nice to be with you guys so i thought you were gonna go the other direction you're like every week they're so happy and now here i am <laughs> I mean, opposite. <laughs> I, i'm getting suspicious of that other guy over there who, who doesn't do fireworks on the fourth of july that what is that no, about you're not even in uh, you're not even in america and you're you're feel like he's un-american disturbed disturbed yeah yes, I will it's, say. it's unnatural the the social discourse, like I am firework agnostic, I guess. I enjoy them well enough. The <laughs> high school near us usually does a show. This year they were canceled because of continued, you know, COVID stuff. But like 
I do feel like the social discourse on fireworks, at least in my Twitter sphere, is much more like dogs hate them kind mm. of. Yeah. Thing, which I understand. I empathize. My dog was always super chill and didn't mind it. But it's it has it's interesting to see that pendulum shifting as like, don't don't do this. But I also feel like LA I, we just survived a year of nonstop fireworks. I felt well, like every <laughs> fire and nothing works. So that's that's how it is. But also I feel like when I was a kid, Fourth of July fireworks were like a thing you drove to and you saw for an hour and then you drove home and that was it. Uh now somehow there's this thing where there's three days of constant explosions in my neighborhood. <laughs> yes. I don't I don't understand how that works. But uh but Patrick, we're we're burying the lead here. Since last we spoke to you, you are a father again, a second time dad. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I don't know why I did it. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know how you're even thing. able to be here with us today, and I'm so grateful that you're uh, you got this well, newborn. She's uh she's a lot easier than her brother. Uh and oh, sweetie, that's good. Uh, brother, the brother I'm talking to him. If you ever listen to this show, you were perfect and I love you. But <laughs> she's a lot she's a lot easier uh than he was. She's almost 3 months old and she sometimes sleeps, which is incredible. Wow. You know, I've never had that before. So, yeah, thankfully uh, I can be on the show and it's not going to destroy the next uh, four days. I think. Wonderful. Well, we're glad to have you. And we got lots to talk about. There is video game news. Usually, usually in the summertime, there's a bit of a lull, but not this summer. Uh, you know, post E3 is always this kind of lull. We got lots to talk about and we have some video games to talk about as well that we've been playing. So let's jump right in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send us comments or questions, even reviews of games that you would like to talk about on our show that we don't talk about enough. dlcfeedback at gmail.com is where you send those. Or you can visit our subreddit. That's 5x5dlc.reddit.com or our Discord 5x5 DLC on the Discord as well. Both fantastic places with cool folks. You can hang out, talk video games, or whatever you'd like. But Patrick, you are our guest. You get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? I mean, honestly, I think uh, the story of the week is is pretty obvious. Uh, But I'm going to let someone else talk about black and white samurai gameplay uh, news. And I'm going to try my... You know... There's another story that really I thought was really interesting. Um, that story about ads coming to console games, and I'm I'm usually the person who tries to, regardless of how I feel about something, um, try to see maybe not the good side of it, but how it could be uh, interesting or how it could actually be a positive thing, even if I don't like it. You know, I'm the guy who's going to go like, oh, yay, they like their players they're they're nice guys <laughs> activision why you know baby codec deserved 15 billion dollars or whatever <laughs> um 
and defending them and all of that. And I really tried on that story, which is uh, there's a company called Player One, um, uh, sorry, a, a um, system called Player One from a company called Simul Media, which is used to insert ads in console games and PC games, presumably, in the same way that it has been done for the past you know, a few years in uh, mobile games. And that can be used for a variety of things. And I really tried. I was like, okay, maybe this could be used to like make more games free and bring it to more people and, and like open up the media. And I can't, it like every time I try to imagine how it would work out, I can't, even me, I can't see how this would be a good thing. Um, in any way, it only muddies every water and i don't know i don't think it's it's a very nice but it could happen a lot of companies are signing up to use that system it does seem like it's inevitable uh this is a report you're referencing from axios which is a you know major sort of mainstream usually political news organization uh so this is you know this is reported by a a a big reputable place and so it sounds like it's really happening and they are citing um contracts already signed between simul media and ea and smites publisher hi-res uh so actually ea ea has denied um i don't know i can't remember where i saw the update but ea has said Mm. no no no, no, we're not working with them but the other ones apparently haven't said anything so at the very least well richard nixon also said Richard Nixon also said he was not a crook, so I don't know if you count. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say it's a denial until it's not. I, you know, I'd love to take them at their word, though. I mean, if, if EA says no, then I, I, I've not seen that update. I'm hopeful that that's the case. But yeah, this this Player One, which is spelled W-O-N, uh, system, uh, is going to supposedly insert ads. You know, you say like mobile games. That's, I think that's a really interesting way to think about it because I was thinking about it more like watching a YouTube video or something where you sort of have to wait for the ad to play in order to watch the content that you wanted. But maybe it's maybe it's better to think a bit more like a, a mobile ad because there certainly are plenty of mobile games that are monetized through ads. And uh, people are kind of used to that a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, may, maybe if we're searching for a silver lining here, I think ads and constantly being bombarded with ads is... nobody likes and is not a positive thing. I don't think anybody would argue it's a positive thing, but if we're looking if we're searching for a silver lining, maybe you're onto something with this idea of how mobile has become almost entirely free to play. Uh, It's almost synonymous with mobile that you basically get to download the thing. And, and, and those business models are often really terrible, but if there's a way to uh, do it in, in sort of the YouTube ad way where, hey, maybe there's a way to, you know, you don't buy the game, but you buy the option to not see the ads in, in some way. Again, I'm struggling also to think of a, a positive spin on this. But I think the one thing it does point to is this full conversion of console games to being digitally distributed. Because I don't think this flies if you walk into a store, buy a box copy of a game for 60 or $70, bring it home, play it, and then all of a sudden it's got ads in it. I think this only works if you're downloading a game probably for free or for a very reduced price 
and then you get ads in it. I think that's the only way it works. So in that sense, maybe there's some tiny benefit to being able to, like you said, have more games for free or have more games accessible to people without having to pony up the upfront 70 bucks. Yeah. I think the way it could be, it could be seen as a positive by a few more people would be, let's say the game is free and there is very limited uh, microtransactions in the game and it's enabled by ads. But let's be honest, um, ads are even in this format, I'm sure, bring in very little revenue per user. Like it's a ridiculous amount and you need to make it up by volume. So the, the, it's very unlikely that the games are going to be supported by ads alone. Yeah. Um, and so that scenario seems unlikely. What's, what it's going to be is that it's going to be an additional revenue stream for companies that are, or even indies, you know, it could be indies, but sure. maybe, who knows? Maybe. Um, but an additional revenue stream. And that is a little bit icky to most players. And uh, in the mobile space, those games are usually the same games that you get, the same type of games usually that you get uh, tons of microtransactions in. It's not like all of a sudden you can get an ad on it, so there's no microtransaction in it. And so, yeah, yeah it's like, uh, who knows? Maybe something incredible will happen. It seems unlikely. Christian, I'm sure you have strong feelings about this, but let me just add in before you you comment that uh, evidently this system is built around the idea that if you watch ads, you'll get in-game perks. And according to Simul Media's research, uh, players were found to, quote, be willing to watch up to 10 ads per day in order to unlock free perks. What do you think? I'm sure <laughs> does that sound like... <laughs> A new fun way to in- engage with your video game? Yeah, so I, I have lots of thoughts. And one, I should point out, um, this show is ad-supported. And That's we true. appreciate those That's sponsors. True. And I think that we do a great job incorporating them into the show. And Jeff, I think your reads are great. And our personal experience we bring with those products. But well, I can't... No, I think, I think you make a great point to bring that up. And let me just add my two cents before you move on. And that is, we strive really hard to only uh, talk about products that we actually believe in and care about. Like, for example, this episode, I actually use Squarespace. I love HelloFresh. I use it all the time. I think there is a way to do... I don't, I'm not opposed to ads in general or as just, off, you know, a priori. I don't just hate ads. I think ads have their place. It just seems like this isn't... This is in inserting them into a new place. <laughs> well, and, and I think that's part... And you mentioned that, you know this won't happen with box copies. I think it happens, the game needs to be online connected in order to update that ad feed, but it has happened with box copy, very expensive retail games, mostly a lot of sports games. And the argument there had always been, we're trying to create an authentic experience. When we cut to (laughs) halftime, you watch an ad. So we're going to show you an ad. And I think it was NBA 2K... If there was no 20. ad, you would think our game is unrealistic because ads are everywhere, boy. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was one of the NBA 2K games, and I could apologies if it's not. Um, but they like it was like that secret f- switch was flipped, and it was like a whole bunch of like long unskippable ads, and people got very upset. And then Activision was like, um, "Oops, that wasn't supposed to happen," and then they turned it off again, and it's like. Oh, you definitely spent engineering back in time making that happen. That was <laughs> something <laughs> happening. And so, and then Oculus, as a uh, toll player in the chat points out, they're ramming ads into VR and into those games. And there's yeah. some fallout and feedback from that. 
And then Patrick's point about mobile, um, dare I say, and I can, I look forward to walking this back at some point. I hate them. I, I hate them. If you go into, you know, any mobile game review and you scan through it, it's, ads are terrible too many ads the ads are they're they're bad because most of the time in my opinion these things aren't games aren't paced for ads uh tv you literally learn the structure of writing a show and that's changing now with streaming services but you literally learn the structure for pacing your show around ad breaks like your break into two happens yes because a narrative arc of a five or three act structure but also you need to end with a <gasps> moment so that viewers come back after the ad and the way they've been inserted so far into mobile games and even, you know, ramming them into sports games aren't necessarily those moments. You know, it's, right. it's like a pop-up, the difference between an ad in a newspaper or a magazine when you're turning a page and you see an ad or you're halfway through an article you're reading online and then it jumps out in front of you and you need to well, find a think- little X to close it. Yeah, I think you I think you make a great point and and, and it, it, even more a direct comparison is like traditional television with ad breaks or YouTube where you're like in the middle of a YouTube video that wasn't designed to have ads and all of a sudden an ad yeah. pops up and you have to, you know. Yeah. So if you're building this grill right now, what you're going to want to do, oh, hey, what's up? You got to check out this new, and you're like, oh no, what, how do I build this grill? I have an unbuilt grill. <laughs> I have an unbuilt grill. <laughs> <laughs> and I've already started to charcoal. Um, I, I think this is problematic. I think. What you I, need I, to I, do I, is make sure that you, you can't last more than 30 seconds. 30 second <laughs> ad. You're like, oh no. <laughs> I started the fire already. What do I do? <laughs> if you're performing CPR on a loved one who's gone down, here's the, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think it's going to be obnoxious and and i think yeah. unfortunately like even that study you mentioned uh are willing to sit through that's it, not a it's not a, a pro, it's like man willing to get hit four times in the testicles over the <laughs> yeah. span of a week in exactly. order to yeah. not get hit in the testicles 20 times it's like <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's bad is there a way to incorporate and he got this ad- great hat on his Fortnite character <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. They're, I'll they're never use my again. It. But I got this cool hat. Sorry, they're certainly it's, describing it as you know we interrupt your gaming experience, maybe between a match and something else, or and we show you an ad. It's not like this yeah. cleverly inserted thing that you see from the corner of your eye. And you're like, oh, I do want some chips today. You know, but, it's, or like, it's, but Patrick, is that placement. better? I don't know if that's better to have a cleverly inserted. People hate that product placement stuff too. You know, I mean. You know, there's a, not to go into a full tangent, but there's a really interesting uh, uh, conversation to be had about data privacy and ads and what Apple is doing and saying, you, we will, you know, destroy the ad business and you will never see an ad if you don't want to. And so you need to pay for everything. And yeah. if you don't have money, then you don't get access to stuff, you know, if you don't have ads yeah. as, you know, kind of the, the one of the points uh, uh, Christian was making with this show. And so I yeah. think there could be a way of current, you know, the console um, market and PC market don't really use ads, but maybe there could be a way that was, you know, where my brain was going to insert them in a clever way that could work, that wouldn't be obnoxious, and that would open it up a little bit. Um, so you're so saying I think, like, yes, there, there, there could, could be, there, you're saying this could, there could be an alternative way to, <laughs> I don't know, like pay money for the game before you play it. And that's how they monetize the game. No, but the point is, is, that, is that an you, idea we should if run you with? do that, if you do that, then people who don't have money don't have access to it. 
That's you true. know, that's true. and it's not as important as you know newspapers or websites, and then you the only information you have access to is the bad quality one that where reporters right. aren't paid for their stuff, right? It's not as bad, but there's something there. I, I no, you made a great point to the the joke about you know you buy the game and that's how they monetize. I, I uh, you know, this is full. <laughs> I look forward to walking this back too. But the problem with unfettered <laughs> capitalism isn't they found a way to monetize their game and just you buy it. That's it. It's well, how else can we right. squeeze this stone? Yes. And, and it, right. again, it's it's viewed of don't we'll tolerate sitting through five ads. It's not making it the best experience. It's min maxing yeah. and manipulating right. our brains. And if, and if only a, even if only a small portion of the people are the people that will watch the ten ads to get the, the fun hat on their character. That's a win for the company. And again, Christian, you make such a great point bringing up the fact that we're here talking about this on a show that is entirely monetized through ads. Like there's no other way we make money than the ads that we are putting inside the content that hopefully you are enjoying. But I, I will return to my earlier comment where I say, I think there is a way to do ads. I think Part of the thing that annoys me about the whole discussion around ads is that everyone just thinks an ad is evil off the top. And there's a lot of ads that are. There, there's a lot of manipulative stuff around advertising and, and, and coercing people into buying things and all that stuff. So it is a slippery slope. But also, I've discovered a lot of things that have made my life better because of ads, right? You, like, you know I, what's an ad? Jeff, you know what's an ad? A game trailer. That's an yeah, ad. That's right. That's you right. You know, it's yes. like anyone who says all ads are evil doesn't understand the world. It, like the problem we have today is that the internet has destroyed any other monetization scheme, you know, until a few years ago that publications had. And the only right. thing that was left for them was ads. And we started seeing them everywhere. And none of them brought in more than like a millionth of a cent so they had to use more and like ads have their place i fully believe that i also believe that if there is one community or population in the world that will never stand for ads in their games it's pc and console players they will burn (laughs) things to the ground before they accept an ad in their game if it's done you know anything other than brilliantly so i don't think it's all for all yeah, it's all in how it's incorporated. I mean, I think Fortnite, to some extent, and some of these games, yes, you know, uh, uh, Thanos coming back to Fortnite, like, yeah, absolutely, an that's an ad. That's an ad. That's an ad. <laughs> Me playing as Cable. Like, that's an ad. I love him very much, and yeah. going to Twitch Prime to get my perk for you know whatever game that I, uh, ad. And, and it is look it's to your left, look to your right. If you don't see an ad, <laughs> you're the ad. <laughs> this whole show is an ad for Jeff's life, right? Like that's the only reason we do this show. Well, you Jeff's. know, someone someone wiser than me once said a long, long time ago about television that uh, the the stuff that you're ma- the stuff you're watching is just the filler between the ads. Like it's the ad is the content, right? That the only thing that you're watching is the the filler stuff that gets you between the ads. So there's a, um, to an ad. a a very famous quote from a French uh, CEO of the main uh, uh, television channel, national channel. Uh, he said, we are in the business of selling advertisers available mind brain time is the way yeah. he phrased it. Like that's their <laughs> business. 
They yeah. sell your brain to advertisers. And that's very true. And that's what a lot of people do in a lot of uh, different spaces. My last point on this, as we spent, you know, maybe the first five minutes of this of Jeff, you and Patrick trying to come up with ways that you think this is a positive. Well, no, like let's start. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, one hopes. So the, let me just respond to that real quick because I think oh, sorry, I don't that's your time. For, We're going to move on. <laughs> I don't want to speak for Patrick, but I will say that when I look at something that's an inevitability or seems to be an inevitability, I try to go, well, is there any way? That this could turn out to be beneficial at all. And I, I, I'm not trying to be like, let's, you know, Pollyanna this or let's, you know, let's justify some horrible practice. I am instead going, well, is there any way that I'm going to come out ahead? In- <laughs> like, Jeff. for example, you know, not to get down another <laughs> whole rabbit hole, but everybody goes crazy about, um, you know, targeted ads and ads that scrape your data in order to give you more more targeted ads and yes that is problematic to the extreme and i have major issues with a lot of it but also seeing an ad that is exactly the thing i need is way better than seeing an ad for diapers when i don't have a baby right it's it feels harsher to go i'm seeing this horrible ad for the ads suck when it doesn't feel like a thing that you want but when it is a thing you want you go oh i'm so glad i heard about that so, I mean, I think Patrick's game trailer point is a great one there. Uh, yeah, to right. complete the joke, though, I do now picture you, Jeff, on your deathbed, coughing. <clears throat> Son, come closer. <clears throat> yes, Dad. Uh, <clears throat> I, I don't. Ha- My death is inevitable. <clears throat> but I can't stop but think: How could this be a positive for me? <laughs> <laughs> it could be, That's, dude. You just described religion. <laughs> That's the entire premise of religion. <laughs> this is bad, but could it possibly be good? <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, <laughs> on that note, uh, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? <laughs> well, Patrick teed it up. There's a lot of good stuff this week. But to me, I think the biggest story and one I tried to hint on and, and see if Mr. Grubb would let us go uh, full on with it last week. But now it's officially announced and we can actually talk about it. Um, and it's the expansion, but now also part of this larger director's cut for Ghost of Tsushima, which is coming out uh, August 20th, I believe. And this is the second version of PlayStation kind of doing what they're calling now director's cut um re-releases or updates to games just completely Uh, invalidating the term director's cut by the way (laughs) which annoys me but go ahead well it solves the problem of is this a remaster a remake or an update like what you know like what is it it's the director it's a a new it's it's different director's cut just means different now just means more stuff (laughs) yeah there's no director's director's cut had a meaning no it doesn't (laughs) i mean it bothers me less with this than it does with kojima doing his director cut director's cut where he finally is free to do what he wants straight you know kojima has not been able to you don't think the folks you know you don't think the folks at sucker punch were free to do what they wanted with ghost of Tsushima? i think they probably were I don't think there was any director who was like, okay, oh, why do I have to cut this out? Oh. Uh, well, you know, I think I think it might be – it's more likely than it happened for, you know, Ghost of Tsushima. But let's call No, Sony the thing about the director's cut of Ghost of Tsushima is that they had more time to make extra stuff. 
So maybe no, if the director no. was like, let's not. No, no, Jeff, you get now when he goes in and out of the, the baths, you get full frontal. It's the director's cut. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just what I wanted. So maybe let's talk about what to, this really call is. Up Sony and, and tell them to, to call it uh, extended cut. That's that's yeah, extended cut is fine. Or not even, there's no cutting. It's not cut. It's like just like <laughs> extra well, special. And- I mean, this is like the this is what happened like I don't know 10, 15 years ago with uh, Game of the Year edition. It's like yes, yes, it, it yes. validated the term Game of the Year. You know, yeah. When ten games from the same year get a Game of the Year edition, yeah, uh, re-release. But yes, they're searching for a term. Director's cut has a certain. You know, je ne sais quoi to it, and so I understand. Uh, oh, look, we got the French guy on, and Christian's pulling out his French. <laughs> hey, five years of French, this guy. Do I speak any? No. Hey, uh, but very good pronunciation. I will. All right. You know, look at that. Je ne sais quoi. Works, yeah. Merci. Uh, we were in Paris once pre-COVID, and we went to like this nice fancy cafe. And I did everything in French. And it was my proudest moment of like, I did the whole order, you know, got wow. through everything, talk, interact with our server all in French. And then as we're checking out, uh, they asked me like, just like the, I forget what it was, but like the most innocent question. And I was like, uh, 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 and, the, and our server was like, it's okay. You did a good job. Um, do you <laughs> <English>. want- <laughs> That's amazing. If, hey, just- if, if, my go-to is if anybody asks me anything when I'm in France, I just say, voulez-vous coucher avec moi? <laughs> that's the only that's all that's all i've got <laughs> anyway go ahead Anything from Moulin Rouge. uh so what this ghost of tsushima director's cut is it's coming to both playstation 4 and playstation 5 and on playstation 5 it comes with more substantial upgrades than what were included in that 60 frame patch that we got uh, a few months ago, this implements uh, the haptics, uh, the force feedback, and the trigger and all that stuff. And it also comes with an expansion that had been talked about. What is it? Iki, Ishi? Um, Ikishima. Uh, Iki, yes. Iki Island, they call it. Yes, which is a standalone, you know, standalone uh, expansion island that you access about like a third or a fourth through the game if you're starting it. Uh, new you have to do a little bit of the of the story to get there and then you kind of go over to this smaller contained island that has new enemies new adventures new story beats new armor and all of that stuff and then it's 3d audio on the ps5 4k resolution uh options and adaptive trigger and haptic feedback on the ps5 and then also the biggest thing i thought that interested me aside from the price point of this release is that on both ps4 and ps5 they're adding a lock-on option for combat i really enjoyed the fluidity of the combat in the game without that lock-on option of like you kind of have to stay loose and pivot and swing around but i guess they received enough feedback or had enough time to implement it that now if you want there is uh an option to lock on to an enemy while you're fighting and i think that's uh that's pretty interesting yeah um, patrick were you a, a fan of ghost of tsushima did you play through it Ooh, I, I i yes uh, i actually finished it um when they implemented the 60 fps option which was you know pushed me to to play it again but yeah i loved it um i have a, a very close relationship with japan i've i've learned uh i've studied it in at university i've lived there for a few years um and yeah so it has a very special place in my heart and i i actually reading all of this made me want to go back and play ghost of tsushima again because i didn't finish everything um and i'm like the game is coming out in a month and a half like just wait yeah yeah. you'll go play the 
Ikishima um, expansion. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I'm super excited about it. I'm, I can't wait. Uh, and, uh, you didn't mention it, but obviously you can upgrade from one to the other. It's, if you're, you want it on PS5, it's 30 bucks. If you want the full thing, uh, 20 bucks if you want it on, on PS4 and you can change from one to the other, etc. Um, yeah. but the patch, yeah, I think I, the patch stuff is free for everybody, right? You, you get the patch improvements mm-mm. without no, necessarily- nope. No? no, that's part of the director's cut. You don't get 4K oh. 60 in the haptic and all that. So basically, you have the game out, the game that's out right now. Like then they added those that 60 frame second uh, wait, wait. update. Uh, this says alongside the director's cut, anyone who already owns the game will be able to download a patch containing new updates, many of which were directed by feedback provided by the players. Uh, all players will receive a patch with some new accessibility options. Oh, the lock on the option to hide your quiver. So I guess not all of the updates are the free patch, but some are. Mm. Yeah. The PS five, uh, like haptic, uh, triggers and the 4k and stuff yeah. like that is, is behind this load times. Yeah. Director's cut paywall. I'm curious as someone who loves this game, but also was blown away with the already free 60 frames patch that they did for the PS4 version. Now played on PS five. I'm just like, do I just buy the cheap, ps4 version and played in that back compat mode or is it worth that extra 10 bucks to get the ps oh, you want the attack the adaptive triggers right i think you, I you do, want to see what they how, can do with that uh technology how much is that worth director <laughs> 10 bucks <laughs> they had to cut it out evidently you know um <laughs> i gotta tell you though as somebody I, I, this game never clicked with me i keep needing to go back to it maybe i'll find some time this summer to do it um but I did uh, did download it on the, the PS4 version, of course. Download it on my PlayStation Five, and it's it's much improved. I mean, just the sort of baseline, no uh, no extra money. <laughs> the the baseline improvements <laughs> on PS5 are dramatic, dramatic. Uh, the the fluidity, the the um, frame rate. It's just it's much much better than the PlayStation Four version, in my opinion. That's where I wonder if that's enough, like for me just yeah. to spend the the cheaper version on the director's cut. And I know I've kind of joked around about that, but I'm super excited about this. I think Iki Island is going to be like Sony so far has done a really good job of and even going back to the PS4 generation of these air quote standalone um, expansion uh, with uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. I thought was incredible. And I think it's bigger than what this is going to be. Spider-Man, you know, Miles Morales also became much bigger uh, than I think what this is is going to be. But even the Spider-Man kind of standard DLC packs, I thought were really cool expansions. And if there's something that gets me to go back to um, Ghost of Tsushima and play around in a new world and have, you know, new fighting to do, I'm all for that. I think the interesting part of this story is the, is the pricing like Xbox so far has shown this willingness to make all of these things free. Um, right, you know, across the line, and to have two price points now for the PS4 version versus the PS5 version, I'm curious to see how that plays out going forward. Maybe if the game had a few ads, <laughs> we wouldn't have to pay for it. <laughs> right. Well, um, t- talking about these semi-independent DLCs, uh, First Light, infamous First Light, was fantastic. Right. Yeah, like, I'm sure still worth uh, going back and do. Now, I I like also it more a Sucker than Punch game, Second right? Sun, which, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I have hopes for Ikishima. We'll see. That's yeah. where the new stuff is going to be and the stuff that will hopefully take advantage of the PS5 and all of that. So we'll see. Yeah. No, you make a great point. They have experience doing it this way. And uh, I think it's a kind of a cool way to do it. Um, 
I hope they go back to that, you know, the infamous universe. So those games were awesome. Um, all right. Speaking of ads, though, I do have to thank our first sponsor, which is Squarespace. And as I mentioned, I really am happy to do an ad for Squarespace because I use it. I recommend it to my friends and family when they're not even they're not even listening to any of my content because mostly because they don't support me in any way. No, I'm kidding. They, they, you know, they are asking me, the guy who makes his living on the internet, to tell them about how to make a website. And I always say, do not pay someone to do it. Do not buy a book on HTML. Don't stress. All you got to do is use Squarespace because Squarespace makes it easy for you to make your own website. You start with their professionally designed templates. These are beautiful, beautiful website designs, but you can make them your own. You can move stuff around. So simple. Just drag and drop. It's all what you see is what you get. WYSIWYG style editing where you don't even need to know any of the coding behind it. It all happens so intuitively that makes it possible for you to make it yourself easily and powerfully. Because web, uh, the websites created by Squarespace or with Squarespace can do anything that you need. You can make e-commerce websites. So if you need an online store, if you need to sell something, so simple. It's just dragging and dropping the e-commerce functionality. Everything is optimized for mobile. You don't have to stress about that. And you don't ever have to even upgrade or patch anything. That all happens in the background for you on its own. You never have to worry about it. There's free and secure hosting. There's built-in search engine optimization. Boy, it's got everything. And if you ever run into any problems, 24-7 award-winning customer support. Don't stress. Don't hire somebody else. Make it yourself. If you need a website, go to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. You'll get a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch your website, use our offer code, which is Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. Save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Great way to buy a domain. If you're looking for a, a website name, a domain name, they have over 200 extensions and their front end for selecting the domain is so slick. I really dig it. It, it helps you find the right name that you want. If you've got an idea, it's so hard these days. There's so many websites. If you want, you're trying to hone in on something that's catchy, you go to Squarespace, you can put in, it gives you options. It gives you suggestions, pricing. It's all so simple. Squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. Save yourself 10% off with the promo code Jeff sent me. All right. My story of the week. Boy, you guys have left me some juicy ones. Juicy. I'm going to, you know what? I'm in a generous mood. I'm going to do one that I know Christian would love to talk about. Because one of his favorite games of the last several years is Control. It was actually our game of the year, what, two years ago, Christian? When Remedy's Control came out. I mean, it was mine also last year for the expansion. Yeah, which, again, <laughs> invalid, uh, breaks the rules in okay. any number of disrespectful ways. But, you know, okay. Um, Remedy has now announced that in partnership with 505 Games, there will be not one, but two new Control Universe games. The first is uh, what I think all of us were hoping for, which is a Control sequel 
which, you know, is single player story based revisit to that universe. Uh, and it seems like Remedy is really galvanizing all of their properties into this Remedy, you know, shared universe idea with Max Payne and, and, um, uh, what's Alan, Alan Wake? Wake? Alan Wake. Thank you. We, we know there's a new Alan Wake on its way as well. Uh, but I think the more surprising announcement is this spinoff game from the Control Universe, codenamed Condor, which will be a multiplayer game set in the same world as Control. Now, Remedy, not super known for their multiplayer. Um, and Remedy's own um, game director, Mikhail Kasurianen? I'm sure I messed that up. Anyway, uh, Mikhail says, uh, quote, Control is first and foremost a world, a place for multitudes of stories, events, and characters, a place where unexpected, strange, and extraordinary things occur. Uh, But they want their Project Condor to be an expression of that. And uh, he says, uh, we get that there's going to be skepticism about multiplayer, but I believe we can create shared experiences without compromising the unique DNA of who we are or the stories we want to tell. Yes, we need to rethink our angles, our techniques, our mindset, but we see it as an exciting challenge. So, Patrick, let me ask you, are you a fan of Control? And if so, would you want to play a multiplayer game set in that world? Um, So, first of all, uh, Mikhail, Kasurinen, I would say, is a Finnish person. Thank you. And I just butchered his name as well, I'm sure. Well, no, uh, I'm but, probably uh, better to than I did. Questions, I to, to answer your questions, uh, no and no. <laughs> no, oh, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't finish Control uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. I'm, I think my uh, interest in a multiplayer version of it, I, it, I don't think the controls in control led me to believe that, you know, led me to think that it would be especially well-suited to multiplayer game, uh, hmm. left for dead type thing. Maybe, maybe it is, but, um, but, but I think there's an interesting, my interest in this comes from the fact that there are so many left for dead, you know, uh, uh, not, you know, games taking on the legacy of left for dead yeah uh, it's not three copycats or sequels but there's like five that have been announced at e3 yeah. and one of them is going to be cool right i think one of them is going to manage to recreate that uh amazing experience we had in left for dead and maybe it's going to be project condor um so in that sense i'm really interested in it uh control itself was more interesting to me than than ge- genuinely motivating and i didn't get to the end okay uh well christian i know that you are uh a huge fan of this this franchise do you want to play a multiplayer game set in this universe and if so what does that look like for you are we talking different classes i mean obviously the the whole point of control was that that gun morphed into a whole variety of number uh, of different things uh do you think those all get split off into individual classes or how could you see that working yeah, so on Remedy's website and on the stream have the picture up of it, but they have in that kind of press release, they have a, a picture and it says, here's a concept art image we feel tells pretty well what Condor is about. And it's a picture of four agents um, kind of slumped in a you know a very bureaucratic looking office of like now serving number 183 and like take a ticket and all the stuff that 
I think makes control such a fascinating world where it's very, the, the bureaucracy of, you know, alien for lack of a, you know, extra ter- unknown fighting is very, you're going to the DMV, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're getting right. a driver's license, like that bureaucracy. And they have four different people here and it does look like different classes. It's hard to read too much into a concept art image, but there's like a heavy with a bunch of armor, someone that looks like they have night vision goggles on their head, a lighter armored person. And there's maybe like a, a machine gun or a rocket launcher. And then on the ground in front of them with a trail of blood kind of leaving away as they dragged it in is a bagged body or a bagged thing. And so to me, not trying to read and I get too excited about, uh, about this image, I think it is going to be that, pve style experience i don't think it's going to be apex legends or something like that it's a group of people come together and take on this this bigger threat and i think going back to our last story you know ghost of tsushima that free uh, multiplayer expansion that they did is i think could show how something that doesn't feel like a typical multiplayer game could handle that because that too is a game that its combat's very fluid you don't think of it as like this multiplayer experience but i loved those multiplayer expansions and, and kind of that horde mode that they brought. And I thought the, yes, even the subtle- go play it. People don't know about it. I don't know what legends it's, is fantastic, but yeah, it's sorry. Fantastic. And, and was free, a, a big, big, big free update. Um, and it's fantastic. And you get to play with the different classes that are subtle at first and they kind of grow, uh, they, they diverge further as you upgrade them. And I think something like that for control could work really well. And I don't want to get too excited of just letting my mind wander, but I love the idea of like, because control universe is so um, out there, like if we're all playing together, then all of a sudden I get ripped away and I'm in like this totally different environment, doing something very different on my own. And, you know, Jeff, you're like, where, you know, where's the rocket? I don't know. I'm in this other universe. I'm in Alan Wake's cabin and like Patrick's (laughs) been there before. So he, you know, I, I think they have room to really stretch. I don't know if they will, but I'm I'm super down. A game with powers and buddies going around taking down uh, the hiss or whatever. Sign me up. I'm in. Yeah, I mean, I think I I disagree a bit with Patrick in the sense of the the controls of control. I think that to me was the most fun part of of the game was the pure mechanical uh, joy of of blasting things in that in that world. Um, and I think that doing that alongside friends could be really fun. Um, I love co-op experiences. And so if this is a co-op thing that brings a sense of that story to playing alongside a friend, I mean, it it doesn't sound like it's a co-op story mode, but there is reference to telling a story and that, that is what remedy strives to do is, is tell great stories. And so I'm hopeful that that's, that's cool too. And I'm glad this isn't in lieu of a full control sequel which i think it would be a bummer if it sort of pivoted to multiplayer instead of doing this as a spin-off and a and a you know its own its own thing because then this can fail if it needs to fail or or you know not not do justice to control if that's what happens and we still get more of this world more of this universe which which i would like to see so it sounds like remedy is really kind of you know going on all cylinders right now it's Lots of projects in the works and, and lots of uh, um, creative energy around their universes. I, I think Remedy sort of hit a low point after, um, what was that Xbox exclusive? Uh, what was that game? I can never Quantum even Break. remember the name. 
What? What? Quantum Break. Yes. I can never even remember the name. That's how forgettable. I played that entire game and I can never even remember the title of it, let alone any of the characters or anything. But uh, yeah, I think I think they sort of hit a low point after that. And, and I and I think a lot of people were sort of skeptical that Remedy would be able to regain their former glory. And I think they've they've surpassed that and really are at the at the top of their game now. So it's exciting to see. All right, uh, let's move on now and talk about the games that we have been playing in a segment we call the Playlist. Patrick, what are the games that you have been playing this week? Uh, so before we get into that, just very quickly, uh, I think we've all seen the news of GTA 6, and we're choosing <laughs> not to mention it, because it's so thin, it's essentially, it will probably be out in 2024 or yeah. 2025. That's that's essentially the whole... I was tempted to lump that in with yeah. the uh, Elder Scrolls news, because I think those two games are going to come out probably the same year. Uh, maybe, maybe. Um, Elder, yeah, Elder Scrolls being like, oh... We haven't even started on it yet. Yeah. I mean, literally, yeah. it's it, Todd Howard going, oh, we're in the design, the early design <laughs> phase for Elder Scrolls, and we're not even going to get started until uh, Starfield comes out, which is twenty end of 2022, right? Yeah. So, so. Uh, so, yeah, so, like, everybody gets all hot and bothered about Elder Scrolls 6, and I, I'll be first in line to play it with everybody else, but it's a long way off, and it sounds like GTA yeah. 6 is a long way off as well. Understand. And that coupled with Dan Hauser forming his own new studio, like yeah. Rockstar. I mean, studios change and grow and, and evolve over time. But Rockstar, for whatever GTA Six is going to be, is not the Rockstar that made Four and Five. <laughs> right. Actually, they they did mention in the rumors that the reason it's taking so long is because they're making employee uh, well being a priority. Which yeah. I don't know how much you can trust that, but it's a good sentiment. Because there were hey, some. Well, there were some emails about what it was like before, and they were not. Yeah. Uh, didn't seem yeah. pleasant. Well, let's and, see. You know, and as a result, in. Dan Hauser was, you know, took a sabbatical. So yeah. Well, let's 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 check in in late 2025, and when the game is <laughs> got a ship, and we'll see how good this is announced. When our kids yeah. are hosting the show. Hey, what's yeah. up, guys? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Uh, the other cool. I mean, now we're doing more news, but the other the okay, other cool sorry. thing. No, 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 no. I'm fine with it. Uh, the other cool thing about the GTA 6 news is that one of the things they s- supposedly they're focusing on is smarter NPCs. They're like th- like putting a lot of R&D into making better AI for a more vibrant, interesting world. Now, that is something, you know, think about 2025, a, a GTA 6 comes out and all of a sudden it feels like you're, instead of it just robots walking down the street that you can plow into you with, with your car and they yell at you and scream and run away, there's actually a really interesting, vibrant, interconnected world. And you can run, run into over with your car. all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they have opinions about it. Instead of just one line of yelling and running away, they're like, I'm going to go tell my friend you ran into me. I don't know. Uh, I do. I do think. That's, I do. That's what happens usually. By the way, when you run into someone, they're like, "I've got to tell my friend." <laughs> Larry's never going to believe this happens. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing I do is call Christian. I just got hit by a car, Christian. You're not going to believe this. Um, no, but but let let me just say, uh, on a totally serious note, 
the fact that a company of this size power and economic ability, you know, GTA five is this massive juggernaut of, of revenue. The fact that they would leverage that into improving the AI is really encouraging to me because it's something we've talked about for years and years and years is, you know, instead of making these worlds just prettier and shinier, let's make them more, more interesting and more uh, realistic and, and smarter. Uh, and the fact that they're maybe investing some of that massive amount of money that they're making into smarter AI is, is pretty cool. I think. All right. Anyway, what's on your playlist? Hey, uh, so I've been playing, I'll, I'll go over a couple of games. Um, the first one is Yakuza 7, uh, mm. which was included in, in Integrated Game Pass a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, yeah. um, which I was really hesitant on whether or not I should buy it. And now I don't have to. So um, <laughs> I've <clears throat> I've played a little bit of like five different uh, Yakuza games, and I've never found the energy to continue and i don't know that this one is going to be different but at least after all of this i i think i now understand what yakuza games are and i think they are visual novels you know the amount of uh cinematics and exposition there is in those games is not just exposition but just cinematics like the storytelling is done all through cinematics and there's so much of it initially i was like oh the first one this is a bit weird and second one like they're all like that and they're visual novels before they are anything else and i'm Mm. up for it you know if i had you know, more time and no children. I, I'd play all of them, uh, but but um, but it's really. But, cool. I mean, and, I guess I guess if it's a visual novel, though, that means that the storytelling needs to be good. And I I've never played a Yakuza game, so mea culpa there. But my sense of it is that it's kind of rise this line between self serious and really goofy. It, the storytelling is very good. It's very well written, mm, from what okay. I've seen at least. Uh, it's very well written. The characters are incredibly uh, um, endearing. Uh, the 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 goofiness there is some of it, of course, but I think the goofiness comes mostly from the side stuff um, that you you go and do to have fun and you know even flesh out some side characters and stuff stuff like that. But okay. the main story is actually. Uh, surprisingly, it takes its time, so you do have to have you know some time to to uh, to appreciate it. But I'm surprised because Yuria, I don't love, even though I love Japan. Uh, there are many things I don't love, and and their stories are very often a little bit convoluted and overly concerned with things that I don't think speak to a, you know audiences that aren't immersed in that culture. Um, and that's not the case in, in Yakuza. I think it's very relatable um, in, in mm. if you like Japan, and, and of course. But uh, yeah, and, and so I'm I'm enjoying it. I wish I could play it more, but you know, as a easy way to describe them for people who aren't who have never played them, I think they're mostly visual novels, and uh, that's cool. That's that is cool. Um, I I don't know why, and I've never put it this way, but. I've always gotten a sort of Suda 51 vibe from the whole Yakuza series. And I've never clicked with any of the Suda games. Um, maybe that's unfair. Maybe that's my own. You know, misunderstanding. I, I, I don't think that's, yeah, I don't think that's fair. I, they're really like, they're well-written dramas. 
the okay. the Yakuza games. They're they're actual just dramas, and and uh, you get into the characters. And you know, I speak from the point of view of someone who's played like a, a tenth of, of three games. So I I don't I haven't even followed through to to the end. But from what I got out of them, like it's it's just uh, uh it's surprising how much you get attached to characters and they're very real like they're mm. real people real character the drama the the dynamics between the characters and the mob bosses and the situations right. they're put in uh it, it works very well as it would in in a similar like a movie like i say visual novels obviously it's cinematic so it might be more movie like mm-hmm. um, but what they can do with limited budgets is really surprising they have worked on those so much and for so long um really yeah. like it and, and people love them i mean they have huge followings yeah. obviously seven games into the series is, is you know must got to have some following uh, what i love Christian, about uh, yeah what i love about the accused series is and I feel like there aren't that many of these anymore, but maybe Earth Defense Force is another one that's kind of similar where Yakuza feels like one of the last major franchises that the West was very late to. And we mm. got the games often late, like the localization. I think it was Yakuza 2 got like this gangbuster Hollywood A-list voice cast. I think it was two. Maybe it was one but when it was brought over and it didn't perform to expectations. And then the franchise kind of stayed Japanese only and people would import them. And it just wasn't a mainstream. It wasn't GTA. You know, it didn't have that following here in the West, but people that followed Japanese games would kind of keep, Oh, you got to play. You got, and now they're starting to come out kind of day and date here. And I think they're all on, on game pass, which is a great way to kind of explore the, the franchise. But I, it reminds me of, of being a kid and like going, Oh, Mario three is out in Japan whatever it was, two years, <laughs> you know, before it came here. Yeah. And now we don't see that many games that are like that. And Yakuza feels like one of those franchises that it's like, it maybe persona is a little bit also, but like there's persona, this hardcore yeah. fan base that loves it. And it just hasn't tipped over all the way into mainstream acceptance. And, and like Patrick, I've, did I roll credits on three? I don't know. Probably not. Um, but I've, I've dabbled it, but I love seeing the franchise get the more mainstream recognition. And I love watching them take chances. It, it isn't a franchise different than earth defense force. <laughs> that is kind of the same thing over and over and over again. And like a dragon is a different game than the others while still kind of finding it's the core Yakuza-ness, but they take chances and then, and they take swings. And I'd love to see more games kind of do that. I was excited for sleeping dogs to maybe be a franchise that kind of continued in that way. And it good. You know, unfortunately uh, did not 2008 reference sleeping dogs. But, what do you do? In a great re it got a good remaster and it just never caught on in a way that yeah. made financial sense. And I thought Yakuza was going to be that here in the West. What was the gap between, again, if I'm getting my games right to coming out with that huge voice cast and then the next one coming at all. I mean, it was, it felt like it was years and now we're getting this stuff kind of day and date, which is cool. Yeah. It is cool. Uh, what else, what else um, is on your playlist? Patrick? Yeah. The, the other game I want to mention, uh, I played as a demo during the, you know, steam fest next games thing. Um, and I, I thought I was going to love it. It's a very quirky uh, game. I thought I was going to love it, and I played the demo, and I loved it. Um, it is really, really cute. It's called Unpacking. Is mm, it Unpacking yes. or Impact? No, it's Unpacking. Unpacking, um, yeah. And oh, so you, you've you've played it I'm too? I'm familiar with it. I didn't I didn't give it a shot, but I 
It, it looks like uh, an adorable idea, uh, and I was intrigued by it, but I never got around to trying it. So the way the game works is that you're in uh, different apartments, uh, sometimes rooms, and you're just unpacking your stuff from uh, after having moved. Right. And you Which usually take... is a terrible nightmare scenario, boring, <laughs> awful thing that you have to do so... a few times in your life. <laughs> I've done it like. I don't know, 25 times. So oh I, <laughs> I, I, maybe that's why the game speaks to me, but also the, the, you take stuff out and you, uh, sort it in the room or in the rooms. And, uh, the OCD ness of that action maybe speaks to me as well, because I'm extremely, uh, like, I don't know, anal about these things. I'm like, everything has to be in its place. Um, right. but so, and, and it's cute, you know, 16 bit graphic type things, but, so that aspect I, I, I like, but what I discovered in the demo was more, I don't want to say it's the best game ever or, you know, the, the most incredible experience, but it's really charming because you go through um, two settings in the demo and they're obviously several years apart. And what they do with the unpacking of your stuff is tell the story of the person whose <laughs> stuff you're looking at and, and rummaging through. You know, huh. and the, 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 so the, the person is a, a, a girl, initially a woman. Um, and you start out with, uh, her earlier in her life when she's a, a little bit younger and she likes drawing and you set up stuff in her room and you see she has, you know, tons of little plushies that you set on her bed and stuff like that. And she has, uh, crayons and, and she likes drawing stuff like that. And you, she has like a cassette player and it's like, oh, cassette players. I remember them. Like, and <laughs> fast forwards to a few years later. Um, I'm just going to give a couple of examples because it's the entire, like, uh, interesting point of the game, but like, she's apparently moving into her own apartment or, you know, maybe she's in college and you unpack stuff and there are two plush toys left. It's like, oh, but she was yeah. a little girl and now she's, yeah. you know, a little bit. And, and there's like cool. art supplies yeah. and, and you, she's taking an interest in art, but she's not quite a, 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 a an artist yet, but she's taking an interest in it. And there's little, mm. they find little ways of, of making it like endearing and even make you laugh. Like there's, you, you're in the bedroom and you unpack shoes and there's like a couple of pairs of shoes and then you get one boot. And it's like the right, the right, uh, uh, boot. And, and you're like, oh, okay. So she, like, she lost a boot. And then you, you, uh, like half an hour, not half an hour, five minutes later, you're unpacking stuff in the, uh, kitchen and you have like plates and, and mugs and stuff. And then at the end of one of the boxes, you find the other boot. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so you, like, you, you <laughs> yeah. put them in the kitchen boxes. Like, it's really cute, really endearing. I, I really That's like cool. the experience. For my OCD, but also the way they find, uh, you know, ways of telling the story. And all that story is being created in your mind, right? It's yes. not, they're not, there's no text. There's no description. It's, it's all these connections that you are. I love that, that mode of storytelling. I think it's clever. Is there a yeah, moment where you cute. put everything in the garage and then two months later, your wife is like, what, why you haven't touched any of this. And then you say it's important. And then she opens it and she goes, this is literally trash. And I'm like, that is the Wii U box. And she's like, is the Wii U in it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> is that, that happened? You know what? 
I think <laughs> when you get through, I'm sure it's going to be a short game, but I'm sure when you get through it uh, and you get to like three hours into the game and she is married and her wife is there and he's like, what is this? like ipod you never use and, and, <laughs> she she was, right? and, and you're gonna feel like but i unpacked this ipod like <laughs> two hours ago when she moved to college i can't throw away this ipod i think that would completely work so i think that's there awesome i love that i love that idea I, if yeah. it was me it would just Very be good. a box labeled jeff office misc miscellaneous and then and then i you know i just I never i never touch it i just leave it in the closet <laughs> It's like your handwriting from 20 years ago, but clearly yeah. it's it's like, yeah. There's a there's a level where you open it, you look inside and you go, ah, I don't have time to do this. And you close it again. <laughs> yeah, these composite cables need to come with me from uh, house to house. I'll to just house. keep moving them, yeah. <laughs> oh, a clever idea for, uh, it, it, there's a lot of examples of this where people take, you know, completely uh, 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 unpleasurable things, you know, pl- things that, that are not, games in life and then make them into games uh i have this vision of of someone maybe me playing this game (laughs) sitting you know unpacking something in in this game uh making everything look perfect and just so and then the camera pulls back and you see i'm sitting in this messy apartment (laughs) like i could just have done this in my life and improved my actual life but whatever i look forward to you doing that like coming on a few weeks or whatever and be like this is great and, be, and then like your background is just clearly still yeah. boxes and it's like i'm playing yeah. unpacking the game what about unpacking in real you life the- no that sucks that's boring <laughs> you're but when when you're saying you know that there are games that do this with these kind of things and i i had the the sentiment watching e3 this year um Especially there was there was space for for so many uh, indie games, but not only indie games. And having that overwhelming feeling of the incredible level of artistry that is showcased in yeah. video games nowadays. You know, I yeah, I, I, I really feel like video games is the oh like the the most creative form of art. And I wouldn't have said that like five years ago. Nowadays, like maybe it's because it's a you know, it's compounded lots of different types of art. And on top of that, you have game design, but yeah. so much creativity and, and beauty and cleverness, like a game, like unpacking is it's crazy that they managed to get you through those emotions, just putting stuff in different places. It's insane. Well, um, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that the tools are so much more accessible now. And so game design has opened up to a lot of people that, perhaps it would have been closed to before, you know, there, there yep. was a, a, a several generations of game designers who had, uh, you had to have a lot of money or you had to have a lot of uh, technical expertise in, in how to just program a game. And now the tools are so readily available, low cost and easy to use and accessible that I think creative people are leveraging those tools to create interesting uh, experience, interactive experiences that they wouldn't have necessarily known how to make five, 10 years ago, you know? And I, I think we see the fruits of that. It's, it's really awesome to see. I've, I've heard, however, that, uh, Unreal Engine 5 is going to include, uh, non-skippable ads in, uh, well, the <laughs> software. That's the only to... way to make unpacking better is that you can yes. unpack three cups and then you got to watch 30 seconds, uh, ad. I look forward to someone making the enjoyable version of the game, setting up your OBS stream with two new guests, a different audio source, 
and it's a great try idea, and get Christian. HDMI 2.1 from a PS5 hey, to get you 4K. Can, have you have you played uh, PC Builder Simulator? Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's it. Well, yeah. there you go, dude. Yeah. Streaming I, the game. Are you gonna make that streaming the game? Uh, wait, you, you had to set up a successful stream. I mean, did I dream yeah, that? I think that I I I, I have a, maybe it's deja vu. I, I I got the feeling that someone is make is making that, but. <laughs> Maybe I'm. And you can do it kind Uh-oh, of like your a first. Audio story. You didn't capture any audio. You recorded for two hours. It's no a first story style story. So you have like uh, now we're just pitching a game here, and you actually have uh, like FMV video and like yeah, your guest audio. You get a video game industry illuminary to say something really cool and fun inside about one of their game, and you do a whole show. And then afterwards, the sound guy goes, "We didn't get that audio," and you go, "What sound um, guy?" Like that that Christian's referencing a time when we had a sound guy. Well, this also not this show. Uh, it wasn't this not, show. It no, was it was the show, show we actually had money for. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Streamer Life Simulator. Uh, from the chat room. It is a thing. Oh. There's no, there are no new ideas. What about the game about the podcast about the game that already exists as mm. they come up with that game? There you go. <laughs> uh, anything else on your playlist, Patrick? I'll stop there. Okay. All right. Well, those are two excellent uh, contributions. Christian Spicer, what about you? What have you been playing? Yeah, the game I want to spend the most time talking about is a Space Jam, Space Jam, A New Legacy, The Game, which is out now as a perk, um, perk. for Xbox Ultimate, uh, Game Pass Ultimate subscribers. Yeah, perks are these things that, to be honest, I don't fully understand, but they are kind of that ad version of like, on Game Pass, there's a whole bunch of games. And then also, you get this, like, do this thing, and you get this credit that you can use for this thing. It's like T-Mobile Tuesdays, or, you know, if you have, like, whatever you're... It's like, I get MLB TV for free because I click a thing on T-Mobile on Tuesday at the beginning of the baseball season. Um, and I tolerate 10 of them. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I can't... This is going to suck when this starts. Anyway, every Tuesday I click the thing 14 times in order to get MLB games. <laughs> it's actually not. It's ML, MLB, MLB is just free. As It's like a... Some people get Netflix with Verizon. Anyway, got to set my alarm for 3.30 a.m. so I can wake up and click my T-Mobile Tuesdays button. Anyway, boy, it sure would suck if the world changed to having ads in video games. I should say for our listeners, too, that that's how Jeff and I's friendship is. Like, I have a reminder. It's like once a day I need to text him and say something sassy. Otherwise, it just falls apart. It just falls apart. Yeah, I'm I'm basically the T-Mobile of friendships. (laughs) Great service in my house. Uh, really good. So wait a second. What, so what is this thing? Like, it's not a game so, that's so, on Game Pass? It's it, like so you it, have to click a thing to get it? It goes free to play, I believe, July 15th for everybody. But uh, what is it? X, I'm going to Google live Google Xbox perks. Um, Xbox Game Pass perks. Let me just read some copy here. Enjoy free perks, including in-game add-ons, consumables, and partner offers with your Xbox Game Pass Ultimate membership. And so it's like you got Disney Plus free for three months, uh, Spotify Premium for a few months, uh, micro currency for NBA 2K21. And so you go into, you actually don't have to do things. It's just kind of like extra. They're ads, right? They, they are, are ads. Ads, yeah. but it gives you the thing then for free um, to, to kind of engage with. But it's like a partner ad. But this one is a game, right? This one's that, a game that you get early it? access to. It is. It is. <laughs> it is a game. It is a game. You get early access to it. It goes free to play for everybody. So I'll talk 
about Space Jam, A New Legacy, the game. It is a brawler, and apparently the game genre was born out of a community contest of like, hey, we're going to make a... It can, yeah, it's an ad tie-in to this movie that's coming out, but we're going to make a game. What type of genre should we make? And I don't know how much merit was actually put into that with the community being like brawler, but they did. It is a you know, SNES era, 16 bit style, um, turtles in time style brawler of where your bugs, Lola or LeBron. And I think it's three to four level. I rolled credits on it. So don't ever tell me I don't finish games. <laughs> I think How it's like the last 15 minutes. It's like 40 minutes. Uh, okay. I think it's like three levels or something like that with boss fights at the end of it. And while it is not the other game that I played this week, I don't need to spend a lot of time talking about, but I went back and just got me in the brawler mood and I played more streets of rage four as i got excited for that dlc also so it is not of the caliber of streets of rage four you know the idle animations for lebron are very subtle it's kind of just like one arm as he dribbles um and not dead cells style pixel art but that being said i really like this game one it's it's free uh two it just reminded me of being a kid where every single game i mean every single movie got this like even violent it's like robocop the game for kids, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah. the 10 year olds playing Terminator to the game. Uh, and everything seemed to get the brawler uh, or, or maybe 2d side scroller, but that brawler genre. And it's hold such a special place in my heart, you know, Punisher, the Avengers, turtles, um, final fight, streets of rage, all of those games were this one type of genre that could handle. It seemed like any IP, whether it made sense, like the Simpsons, you know, and Marge's out there with the vacuum cleaner, like taking people down and Bart on the skateboard. I think Lisa had her saxophone and I think it was aliens invading, but every, every IP fit into this genre. And I really liked seeing this. It's short, uh, but again, free, but seeing that kind of thing happen in a way that is free. It is an ad tie in clearly for this, this movie that's coming out. But as a kid, you know, I'd walk into Funko Land or whatever EB Games and be like, whoa, cool, there's a this thing. You look at the back of the box and be like, it's $100, <laughs> you know, whatever <laughs> games cost back then and save up for it and, and, and buy it. So if you are nostalgic for that brawler type game, I think it's well worth the play. And it does something a little bit new as well, where each character, you always have a basketball with you. Um, and you can charge it up for a super shot and kind of throw it. And if you drop it, you can summon it back to you at any time. Uh, the Mjolnir then, of basketballs. Yes, yes. And then you can either just do a regular throw or power it up and, and do this super throw. And some of the enemy types, if you just do a regular throw, they'll catch it and throw it back at you. And maybe that's been done in other brawlers before, but I thought it was really cool to see that creating the, you know, the pipe that gets dropped. On, on the play field or the knife that you pick up, but becoming a constant and something that you always have with you or summonable to then throw and use. And also some characters catch it and, and it becomes, you know, a weapon for them. I'd love to see that kind of explored more, more in brawlers, but again, super silly, super fun. Uh, LeBron has some VO in it and it's like, yo, 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 or whatever. As he like <laughs> does some of his moves. It's a, uh, it's a I'm good time. It, I'm surprised this is any good. I, I really would have just assumed it was kind of a, uh, you know, I mean, kind of we shovelware. Don't know that it's good. Christian well, is saying that is good. That, those hey, are two very different things. Hey, it, it's not Streets of Rage Four. You know, it's not of that right. caliber of some of these modern brawlers that have come out. It is 
free and will be free for everybody later this month. And I think it's, it's far better than it needed to be, right? I mean, because it is, it could have just been a commercial because <laughs> right. that's what it is. But I think it's a fun throwback thing to win all cool spot, you know, not a brawler, but the I seven up that game. Yeah. And the animation of that game were incredible. Anyway, I, I love it. And I love that it exists. And I love that it was somehow prof. I think it was digital extremes. Ooh, I should have got the dev right before I said it. Um, but yeah, in chat, shareable Texas says Batman forever. Like that brought, like there's a, in yeah. my heart, this era of incredible brawlers and then also everything else, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. I love that we're kind of seeing that again. Um, and this cool game and I, a fun, is a funny, funny poll. I remember playing a lot of that game. Yeah. And I love that. And I think it works really well for this game, particularly that Space Jam is kind of already that nostalgia throwback to a movie that shouldn't exist. That's, Everybody yeah, it's talks already about it. it's sort Michael. of crass. Yeah, it, yes, and it's Michael Jordan, but also, and I've rewatched it uh, recently, maybe the past four months. It's good, Bill Murray. Like, <laughs> the the original Space Jam, like that movie shouldn't have existed, and now this new one. I don't know how good this new one will be, but like, I love stuff like that. I I can't wrap my head around it, and I love it. Anyway, Space Jam: A New Legacy, the game. It's free for Xbox Game Pass perks right now and free to play um, at, for everyone later this month. And I think it's well, it's a great Saturday afternoon, you know, and it's three yeah. players fire it up with the kids or some friends and uh, and brawl your way through it. Hey, I want to take a second and thank our second sponsor, which is HelloFresh. Oh, my goodness. I love me some HelloFresh. I've been using it for years. I pay for it myself. <laughs> I, I'm actually a a what a customer of this uh, product uh and a happy one a devoted one uh why because it has made my life better it makes my life better it gives me more variety in the things that i eat i eat better and i have the joy of preparing meals for my family uh, HelloFresh gives you pre-measured ingredients mouth-watering seasonal recipes and they deliver them right to your door it's so convenient it's so simple it lets me reduce trips to the grocery store, which is annoying that I have to even go to the grocery store these days. Uh, and it makes cooking at home, it makes actually being a cook, somebody something that I like to do. I never thought I'd be that person that enjoys cooking, but I really do. I've gotten better at it. I've enjoyed getting better utensils and learning how to chop things. It's It's fun and it's affordable. That is why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I get more variety in my meals. I They have over 23 recipes every single week to choose from. I do the three uh, meals per week. But you can add in a fourth some weeks if you want. And part of the joy of HelloFresh is getting on the app and picking out my meals weeks in advance. Uh, it's so cool. You get to scroll through and go, oh, my gosh, that looks delicious. Ooh, that looks really yummy. And there's so much variety that I'm not eating the same things over and over and over again. I love it. Uh, they have all kinds of different cuisines, all kinds of different uh, ingredients. Plus, they've got low-calorie, carb-smart, vegetarian, pescatarian options every single week. So no matter what meal type you want, you're going to get fresh produce sourced directly from farmers. It's pretty great. You can also save money. You can save up to 40% instead of shopping at grocery stores. And I love the fact that it's pre-measured so I have exactly what I need. So if I'm buying, you know, to go to the grocery store and I see a recipe and I'm going to buy an ingredient, 
inevitably I have to buy uh, more than I need and it goes bad in the fridge because I only wanted to make that recipe one time. I don't feel bad about that because it's exactly the amount that I need. So many great things about HelloFresh. They also have an Easy Eats offering you tons of quick and easy meal solutions, 10 to 20 minute meals, low prep recipes, quick breakfasts and lunches even. You got to check this out. I I truly love the fact that I've been a HelloFresh user for, I don't know, five years now. It's pretty amazing. And if you go to HelloFresh.com slash 10DLC, that's HelloFresh.com slash 10DLC, and then use that code 10DLC, you'll get 10 free meals, including free shipping. Again, HelloFresh.com slash 10DLC, promo code 10DLC gets you 10 free meals, including free shipping. Check it out. I think you're going to dig it as much as I do. All right. Christian, you have anything else on your playlist? Streets of Rage 4, I, I mean, I went back and uh, I love that game and I love how the characters play different. Um, if you haven't checked it out, I think it's highly worth checking out. I think it's one of the best modern brawlers ever made. And But maybe wait for that new DLC that's coming out soon, this month, I think. And it looks it looks good. New characters and like a horde mode style thing too, which is fun. Cool. Uh, I want to talk about a game that I have gone back to because it's a game I talked about way back in March 2020, so over a year ago, when it uh, I checked it out as an early access game, but it has now gone version 1.0 as of, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, it's a game called Wilder Myth. Wilder Myth. Uh, and this is so my jam, and I've gotten super hooked on this game. Way more hooked. I mean, I played it back in March 2020, talked about it on the show, and then, you know, other things came up and I left it. And I had not been keeping up with all of the updates to this game. And now that it has gone 1.0, I realized, oh my gosh, I liked this game. I want to check out the full release of this game. And it is even better than I remember. And it's, it's, it's so my jam. Turn-based, procedurally generated, story-based content. Very much plays like a board game. But really cool combat and extraordinary storytelling. So let me tell you a little bit about it. First of all, you may remember me talking about this game. It's the game that looks like almost like paper craft or cut out 2D characters that are kind of moving on these um, like little diorama, little little two-dimensional in a 3D world worlds. And and I back then I described it like this paper cutout thing. And it does kind of look like that. But I realized in revisiting Wilder Myth that what it really is, is it's like um, like a theater presentation. It's, it's like somebody made um, prop, not props, but um, um, like stage, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, cutouts, like if, if you were, went to a, a play to see, you know, a 10-year-old uh, do a, a production of, um, you know, whatever uh twas the night before christmas or something the play from rushmore it's it's right (laughs) exactly like a play from Rushmore. it's like if there's a tree it's like a cardboard cutout of a tree right a two-dimensional thing on a stand that is how this whole game looks and now that sounds maybe amateurish and silly but ultimately it looks really good and the light they light it like a stage play so if you've ever been on in a play or, or know anything about stage lighting there's things like gobos you know where it has like these kind of 
patterns of lights all, all around. That's how the all the scenes are lit. So it looks like you're playing inside this these sets, these these uh, theater sets um, on a stage. And I am such a sucker for that aesthetic. I think it, it, it works really well. It's very it's very charming, and the combat is cool. It's got a really neat magic system. So you're playing a party of adventurers, uh, three characters that you create and level up over time. And the magic system is really cool. So one of the characters is a magic user and they do these things called infusions where all of the set pieces, so to speak, all of the items that are in one of these sets, the, you know, you go to a fight, you get into a battle and you are on this sort of contained area, whether it be inside a building or outside in the wilderness or whatever. And it's all constructed out of these little 2D cutouts. And each of the items in the scene, like a like a boulder or a tree or a pile of debris or something, is an item. And you can, as a magic user, when it's the magic user's turn in your party, you can infuse... A, a different thing in the environment and the infusion gives you a connection to it. So you've got this beam of arcane energy connecting you to this, this thing in the environment. And then because you're f- infused with it, you can trigger certain effects out of that item. So let's say there's a campfire you can infuse with the campfire and then shoot fire at your um, opponent or you, if you infuse with a tree, you can splinter the tree and shoot splinters out in an area of effect. And it allows you to reach much farther in the environment so you can keep your magic user back and infuse with these cool things. I've never seen a, a, a magic system like that in any game or fiction. And it's so cool. It really, you, you can level up and create different kinds of interactions between the objects in the world. I was having so much fun with that alone, but your party also includes, you know, fighters and rangers and you've got different classes you can select. And each of the, the leveling up system is really cool where you, you can uh, decide from a range of upgrades that are really powerful and interesting, but that further um, specialize your character and, and make them have certain interactions with um, other abilities that you've got. So that you, you go further down the differentiating your version of the ranger or your version of the fighter from some other player in the game. And, the thing that I'm most impressed with with Wilder Myth is how procedural it is and yet how focused and specific it seems to be on crafting a story for you. So you're moving around the map. There's sort of a, uh, a macro view of this big area. And you've got this very roguelike uh, countdown timer where the more time you take doing things, the be- worse the enemies are going to get, the more fearsome and, and powerful the, the bad guys are going to get. So it's a push your luck, like, you know, how much stuff can you do? How much time do you want to invest? But the bad guys are going to get harder. And you're moving around this big map. You can defeat certain areas and gain control of them. And then if you gain control, you can invest time to harvest resources in that area. So that's sort of the macro level. And then when you attack or, or engage in any kind of um, story beat in those areas, 
you zoom in to the micro level where you've got that stage play visual and the individual squares moving characters around in a turn-based combat scenario. But between those two, there's always story beats. And those story beats always offer you choices. And those choices often aren't just binary. There's like three or four choices. And those choices have ramifications that keep revealing themselves over time. And so the the story is really crafted to the specific choices that you make. And it's well-written. It's presented in this cool comic book panel style where each of the panels looks like it's drawn specifically for you and your characters, but you get to customize your characters. They are wearing what you've discovered in the world. It's all so specific to you, but it, it looks like this was the only way the game could have gone. And yet choice after choice after choice specializes it and makes it more specific to what you've uncovered. It's all procedural, but it's done with such skill that it really feels like this yarn is being woven. It it almost feels like you have a DM, right? It feels like this is a specific story for you. And some of the decisions that you're making are really uh, big ones, like characters leaving the party or retiring or spending years of their lives doing something or researching something or having children or it's... It's really big in scope, very fun to play, and and I think a, a underappreciated gem. And it's twenty five bucks right now. I think I um I think I bought it in early access at even less expensive than that. Uh, Wilder Myth. If you're into role playing games that tell you a cool story, if you're into turn based role playing games for sure, check out Wilder Myth on Steam. I'm digging it. What are uh, fail states like for that, like, procedural gen? Is it, you know, rogue-like at all? Or after, let's say, you fail in a thing, how does it rewind the map for you? There are runs, you know, it's it's talking about your story. And it's got this this storybook uh, aesthetic to it where you're, like, opening a page of a book. And I think that's a lot where the visual style comes from, too, is, like, you know, this 2D sort of um, fairy tale storybook look to it. Uh, So the idea is, like, you're doing a run... You're experiencing thing. And I think part of that is to show you how different the story can go mm. based on run to run. So it's not, it's not roguelike in the sense of, um, you know, getting the right weapons to get farther and defeat the boss as much as it's roguelike in the sense of the, the story is going to wildly diverge. And there's tons and tons of different tendrils of story that you won't see if you do this, that, or the other choice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's meant to be done like that, where you have these, you know, do you want to continue this story? Do you, you, that story is going to fizzle out or you're going to make choices that end that story. And then you're going to start another one. It's cool. Yeah. It's a really Uh, neat game. Wilder myth. Quickly. Digital eclipse is the other folks behind, uh, space jam game, not digital extreme, digital eclipse. All right. Very cool. I think we have time now for a quick question. We got this quick question sent into us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes from Chris in Colorado Springs. Hey, that was very near there uh, this weekend. Uh, Chris writes Colorado Summers. Hey, oh. Yeah, 
Patrick. Kind of Patrick. Was. I live for the eye rolls. I live <laughs> for the eye rolls. Uh, Chris writes, can you guys talk about PlayStation Now? I was just finally able to get a PlayStation 5 purchased, a bundle via GameStop, and it comes next week. I skipped most of the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 era of games. Most reviews I have seen of the service are old or of mixed quality. You guys are both big fans of Game Pass, which I have, and I'm loving for my Series X. But I feel like PS Now is a different sort of service somehow, like something is weird about PS3 games only streaming. Can I play classic PS2 games like Dark Cloud 1 and 2 on my new PS5? Thanks, Chris from Colorado Springs. Do you guys have experience? Patrick, do you have experience with PS Now? I tried it a very long time ago. Back then, you couldn't even download uh, the games on your PlayStation 4, the PS4 games, of course, on your on your PS4. Um, but so, so here's the deal with PS Now. Um, it is Game Pass before Game Pass, but also cheaper, but also not as good. Meaning, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's a large library of games that you're going to be paying five bucks a month for. So essentially, at the very least, half the price of Game Pass. But you don't get the big day one releases that you get on Game Pass, um, and also. Some of the games you can't actually play on your machine. You have to play through streaming, and the streaming isn't spectacular. They only recently upgraded it to 1080p, and reports are that the latency isn't great. Um, but that only applies to games that aren't from the PS4 era. And Chris, since you're saying you skipped uh, most of the PS4, I would say... The, 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 the PS4 games alone that are in Game Pass might make it worth your you while. Now. Um, you said Game Pass. Oh, sorry. Yes. On PS Now, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but saying that, I, I was thinking of Game Pass because when are you going to have time to play <laughs> any of those games? Um, they just announced, uh, I think today that there are new games coming to PS Now, including God of War, which those, Big tentpole, uh, not releases, but games from Sony usually don't stay very long on on uh, PS Now. It's like three months, I think. Um, but so th- there are tons of games worth playing. Some of them will be on Game Pass as well, so you might be better off playing them on on the Series X. But um, it, yeah, so that's the deal with PS Now. It's another brick added to the wall of our life, which is that wall, which is we have too many games to play and we can't play all of them. So exactly. Uh, Yeah. So that's what PS now is. Why not? If you have time, I think you shouldn't deprive yourself of the joy of it. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the PS now list of games, it's a very large number. (laughs) It's a very large number of games. Yeah, and, and the and only chat. reason people, sorry, uh, the only reason people talk about Game Pass more than PS Now is that on Game Pass you get those big day one releases, and that's a huge deal, obviously. Uh, but PS Now is not, you know, uh, uh, a bad service at no all, slouch. and it's also yeah, a lot I, cheaper. I think we give it short shrift on this show because we're so enamored with Game Pass. But yeah, people write in all the time saying like, "You guys don't even mention PS Now," and it it is a, a pretty significant service. Christian, I know you've had more experience than I have even with it. Yeah, so just to pick up on uh, and what chat said as well and get it out into the show, um, PS4 and PS2 
games can be downloaded. It's just PS3 because of the cell architecture. You can't, there's not backwards compatibility. So those are kind of locked into the oh. streaming island, uh, streaming only island. Didn't and, even realize. And, uh, yeah. You can't download PS2 games and play them on your PS5 as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Well, I should crazy. say, I'm saying Some. yes. There's a subset I, of, the, it's, yes. not, it's not oh, all PS2 okay. games, yeah. I did okay. that on my PS4. I'm assuming you can still do it on PS5 because uh, I haven't done it. And then, uh, Jake Z, uh, to this, to Chris's email, if he has a PS5, I would probably just recommend going through that PS4 Plus collection that kind of came with your PS5. Mm. If you have PS Plus, which is their their online multiplayer service, because that had God of War. It's the best uh, of the best stuff. Days Gone. Yeah. I think Uncharted 4. Yeah. Um, it's like all of the best. It's all the reasons to own a PlayStation 4. <laughs> a lot, most of them. Most yeah. of them for sure. Yeah. And then I think the reason that I don't talk about PlayStation now as much and I've kind of let it lapse is Patrick's right. It is that day one, those day one games aren't on PlayStation now. And their back catalog, as Patrick also mentioned, but just to highlight it a little more, it cycles quicker. On Game Pass, Microsoft's big games, uh, and you might argue they don't have as many as Sony, but Microsoft's big games are there. I don't have to worry about, you know, I, I got this is the month I play Halo or whatever it is, or, or Gears 5. They're still there. I can dabble in it. Like God of War is coming to PS Now, I think today, as you're listening to this but it's going to be there for 30 days or whatever it is. Like Spider-Man was there for a little bit and then left and Uncharted was there for a little bit and left. So it's, it's an easy service to recommend with the bigger caveat of check the game listing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I go back kind of month to month and like, Oh, I'll do it for this month. And I want to play these games, but I don't keep it because to me so far PS now is, isn't a reliable catalog of games um it, it changes a lot there's a lot of volatility there well to be fair games leave game pass all the time as well yes uh, but, so. but the first party games is what i'm right. like those, those right. big right. Yeah. games are, are going are going to be there but yes game pass also cycles its games i feel like on playstation now it happens more frequent and yeah. those bigger marquee games are the ones that are often coming and going i want to see sony and i think the other reason we don't talk about it as much is that sony doesn't talk about it as much. It's, it's true. It's not a. It's not the the tentpole of their of their messaging in the way that it is. Uh, Game Pass is from Microsoft. So. Yeah. Um. But I do want to mention. Um. Chris said he skipped PS3 and PS4. Uh. You know the tentpole games from PS4 aren't there, but there are a lot of like there's Uncharted one, two, and three. I don't want to. I don't know if you want to do them streaming, uh, you know, because they're PS3 games. Um, but but you could if you have a lot of time and want to go over those uh, classics or like understand what the the hype is about for for those games. So you could yeah. do that as well. The good news is, I think Chris is gonna his resource is gonna be time. That he needs. Yeah, yes. There's a lot yes. of great stuff for you, Chris. Uh, that you you can play. Um, I don't know about. Do we know about Dark Cloud one and two specifically? Do we know if Dark Cloud one and two? Let's look up Dark Cloud. Yes, they are. One, and I two. was just on yeah. that page right now. Are you looking at my screen through some kind of spyware? <laughs> Jeff? They it's a targeted ad. Patrick, it's a targeted ad. Oh, okay. Do, do <laughs> I have click to here. click to watch it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Click on like a smiling Jeff face. Um, <laughs> Dark Siders, uh, you know, there, there's a Devil May there's a Cry, <laughs> a bunch of there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff. Uh, Patrick's on the D, the D page. Um, I should say that I I did I replayed all of Uncharted one 
uh, I think before the Nathan Drake collection came out, but I played that entire game via streaming, you know, way back when, and it was, I, I did okay with it. I've heard that they're, which is funny because they bought, was it Gaikai or one of those companies? They bought a they company bought to do them, their yeah. streaming. Yeah. Um, but hit or miss. Bought a company this week to do their PC ports. You know, Sony's, Sony's going hard. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for this episode. We do have parting gifts coming up. Oh, by the way, if you want to have your quick question right on the show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you can send us your quick question. I want to do more of those. I've gotten away from doing those. Uh, somebody also sent us, I should do that next week. Somebody also sent us a uh, story of glory, tale of fail, which you haven't done in actual years, Christian. That was a segment I liked for a while, and then we just sort of got away from it. But if you want to send stories of glories or tales of fails, video game moments that you enjoyed, we'll, we'll get back to doing that too, perhaps. But anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of DLC. Again, parting gifts coming up. Stick around. But Patrick Beja, thank you so much for being here. I love it when you're able to join us. I love it too. And I'm very glad you got like my one uh, available evening for the next six months. So I hope <laughs> it was good. <laughs> uh, works out. I'm happy to hear it. Uh, tell folks where they can keep up with you and the things that you do online. Sure. Uh, you can go to notpatrick.com. It's very easy. You go there and there are a number of podcasts, uh, most of them in French. But uh, if you want to listen to French stuff and you're learning French or whatever, something like that. Uh, Le Rendez-vous Tech talks about tech. Le Rendez-vous Jeu talk, talks about gaming. Uh, Super Laser Punch is a Marvel after show uh, podcast. And uh, But there's one in English called The Phileas Club, where we talk to people from different parts of the world and uh, get their take on what's been happening in the world. So you get a little bit of a, you know, different uh, opinion or, you know, different understanding of current events. And that's called the Phileas Club. And it's very easy to access through notpatrick.com. There you go. Very cool. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Uh, Twitter's the best way to see at Spicer, S-P-I-C-E-R. Uh, I have a newsletter uh, you can subscribe to for free at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And then I usually stream this show live on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. And we typically record Sundays at 7.15 p.m. Pacific time. And those are kind of the ways that you can, you can hang out and uh, see what's going on. Yeah, man. If you want to email us again, dlcfeedback at gmail.com is the place to do that. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And I have several other shows for you to check out if you're so inclined. You want to hear me talk about movies and TV shows? I got a show for you. It's called the Slash Filmcast. You can find it at slashfilmcast.com. Also, I do a comedy science show where you can learn something and laugh along the way. It is called we Have Concerns. You can find it at wehaveconcerns.com. I also do a sports stream on Thursdays, uh, usually on Thursdays at 2.30, 3 o'clock p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash FCF. And of course, The Dungeon Run, which is my long-form Dungeons & Dragons live play. Uh, great storytelling, fun group, really cool community. We're coming back. We took this week off because of the holiday. We'll be back uh, next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash The Dungeon Run. And you can catch up with all the past episodes as a podcast. Works great as a podcast or on YouTube. 
by searching for The Dungeon Run in either of those two places. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Patrick, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? So many, Jeff, so many. Um, <laughs> I'll get through a couple. Factfulness yeah. is an amazing book. If you've heard me talk about it before, seriously, go read it. It's incredible. Factfulness will teach you about what's actually happening in the world. Uh, the Good Fight, if you like The Good Wife or if you liked The Good Wife, really good uh, show drama with like lawyers and stuff the good fight is a spin-off it might be better than the original and i think you two especially would like it um it's amazing i'm just gonna skip over it it's really good the expanse i watched the whole tv show did you know that the expanse is really good it is um <laughs> it's it's a fantastic show i read the books Loved the books after having watched uh, the show. And now I'm listening. I just started listening to one episode to Ty and That Guy, which is a podcast. And that's my actual recommendation for today. Ty and That Guy is uh, Ty Frank and, oh my God, I'm going to, I can't remember the name of the actor who plays Amos. Um, okay. And they have... Yeah, that guy. That's that's the guy. That's him. Um, the, it's a, a podcast about the expense and the inspiration behind each episode. It's essentially an after show. And they spend the first episode talking about Alien and how it influenced uh, the first, you know, the, 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 the uh, premiere, the, how's it called? The pilot of the expense. And it's fascinating, like how they talk about Alien and the influence and setting it back in its time. Like, I, you know, played it because I was like, okay, I'm putting my daughter to bed, got nothing to do. She's going to cry anyway. <laughs> and got really engrossed in uh, the podcast. I really liked it. Ty and that guy, I think if you like The Expanse, you might like the podcast. Awesome. Great recommendations there. The Expanse, Ty and that guy, The Good Fight, and Factfulness, the book. Well done. Uh, Christian Spicer, what about you? Got a parting gift? I do. I also have two. One is continuing on my frequent pop punk recommendations on this show. Last week was Eternal Boy's new album. And this is uh, pop punk is not just a nostalgia um, music type um, while it is being re-experienced by young people on TikTok and that millennial pop punk TikTok is strong. This is actually a young um, and coming out of the TikTok scene, Jaden, which is all lowercase J-X-D-N. And he kind of rose to prominence via TikTok. And then Travis Barker from Blink-182 uh, saw some of his stuff. I think that was his first uh, record deal. But he has an album out called Tell Me About Tomorrow. And it is also not for young kids. Um, but it's really interesting to see this kind of progression of, of pop punk and what it was when I was a kid and kind of, you know, loneliness and longing over a, a partner. Um, and then also a lot of like partying, but like alcohol kind of like not pop punk, but Katy Perry last Friday night, like that style of thing. And tell me about tomorrow by Jaden is, is more akin to kind of continuing the lineage that something like little peep started. Um, and you even hear in a little bit of the weekend, uh, melancholy and sadness where it's like this, 
being open about depression uh, and also talking about downers and, and a little more heavy drugs than just alcohol, rage parties, but still to like a pop punk, you know, upstrum guitar riff. It's really interesting. It, it's really interesting. I think if folks like pop punk, you should give it a listen again. It's Jaden, J-X-D-N, Tell Me About Tomorrow. And then one thing that is new, but also definitely nostalgia influenced is Fear Street Part 1. 1994, which is on Netflix. And as you're listening to this, part two comes out that next Friday and then part three, the Friday after that. And they are all films. Fear Street is uh, an R.L. Stein book series. Goosebumps was his series for elementary aged kids. Fear Street is kind of that mid-grade, middle school aged kids. But these films, Fear Street on Netflix, are hard R's. They are not for, they are not middle school horror things. They are hard R's. And they all, all three of these, it's 1994, 1977, and then 1600, I think is the third one. They all connect um, about kind of the same things happening or horrible things happening to this town, but they're all influenced by that uh, year's genre or style of, of horror. And 1994 very much plays into Scream. And, and I know what you did last summer, um, homages, but also still being a very modern slasher flick. And it's, I think it's just fantastic. Pop some popcorn, you know, have a sleepover if you can. Um, and it's just a fun slasher fic, flick. And I'm super curious to see how they build this into a trilogy uh, these next coming weeks. That's cool. So that is Tell Me About Tomorrow and Fear Street Part 1, 1994. My parting gift is something I haven't really heard people talk about, but it's super cool. It's only 18 minutes long. It's on Disney+. Plus. And if you need to relax and chill and just sort of veg out, but also you like Star Wars, check out Star Wars Biomes on Disney+. Plus. This is a really cool, cool little experimental thing. I don't know what the genesis behind it is. I'd love to find out. But it's like the, it's as if somebody did a nature documentary. You know, nature documentaries these days use a lot of drone footage because now we can do drone footage. So a lot of these more modern uh, nature documentaries have drone footage of these dramatic shots over incredible parts of the world that you you know you just wouldn't be able to get visuals like that before because we didn't have drones ten years ago twenty years ago. Um, it's that, but for fictional places that exist only in the Star Wars world. So you get drone footage over Hoth. You get drone footage over Tatooine. You get drone footage over uh, places from the new trilogy that I can't be bothered to remember. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 beautiful. It's just serene. You know, you'll be like over this ice, and then you just see a couple of tauntauns running by. Uh, there's nothing, no story being told. There's no grand reason for it. It's just beautiful. I would expect almost entirely CG, probably. I don't know how they're doing it, but it's it probably affects heavy visions of this, but treating it like it's a real place that someone is taking beautiful photography of. So eight, wait a second. They don't speak. They don't say it. It's like a screensaver. Yes, it's like a screensaver. Yes, okay. exactly. It's, it's, it's like serene music and beautiful, uh, grand shots just cascading over fictional places. Uh, 18 minutes long. Totally just lovely, cool thing. Star Wars biomes on Disney+. Plus. 
We have a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent in to dlcfeedback at gmail.com by Brian. Brian writes, uh, I wanted to recommend a parting gift along the lines of what Jeff Grubb's recent one, last week, in fact, uh, about Hoopla. Your local library might have video games to borrow. I'm in BC, Canada, and fortunate enough to have a library system that keeps pretty on top of big video game releases. I was able to try Biomutant on PS4 within a week of its release and promptly returned it. Ha ha. <laughs> I guess he didn't, wasn't a fan of Biomutant. Uh, Switch, Xbox One, Series, and PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 games are all there and a great way to demo games or even play through them if no one else is putting hold requests on them. Love the podcast and also a fellow geek in sneaks. The more about lifting than running. Was a shout out for Brian at the beginning of this episode. Uh, thank you, Brian. Uh, that's cool. So check your local library for potential video game rentals. Didn't know that. I didn't know they were still doing like you know uh, up to the minute PS5 and Xbox Series games. That's really cool. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on the show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again to Patrick Beja and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our folks in the chat room for hanging out with all of us live in real time, watching the video version of the show. We appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L, Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those bumpers. And thanks to each and every one of you who listen to the show. We're grateful you do so. And we'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.